Hey everybody and welcome back to the world according to Aubrey. It's been quite a bit of a break but we're back now. If you're interested in more of my content you can follow me on Instagram at Aubrey underscore dot Kennedy. Um, I'm going to start doing polls on my Instagram about what kind of podcasts you guys would like to see in the future. So if you'd like to weigh in on that feel free to follow me there. You can also follow me on TikTok at Aubrey Kennedy 3. I'm much more consistent with posting content on both of those. So if you'd like to see more of my content, feel free to follow me there. Also, if you'd like to support me, you can cash up at Aubrey Ken. Without further ado, let's get into today's topic. So for our first episode back in a while, I want to talk about something that I don't feel like is talked about enough. Also, if you can hear my dog snoring in the background, I'm so sorry. Um, I want to talk about the privilege gaze. So the privilege gaze is the gaze, ideas, or opinions of a group that systematically holds power being valued over the minority group in question. But I'll break it down a lot more in the next segment. Okay, so for women, this presents as the male gaze which many of us are familiar with, and for those of us who aren't, the male gaze is the way that women are portrayed in the media to be acceptable or pleasurable for men. In movies and books, the female character shot with the male gaze may be a manic pixie dream girl, which is defined as a woman with no character development outside of the male main character, and she usually exists solely to serve as a goal or prop for the male main character. An example of this would be Margot in Paper Towns, Summer in 500 Days of Summer, or Eliza Doolittle in My Fair Lady. Another style that is most often found in movies and occasionally appears in books is the description of female characters to the male gaze. If you watch movies such as Suicide Squad or the original Avengers movies, look how the female characters are shot in comparison to their male counterparts. In Suicide Squad, Harley Quinn is often shot with the camera scanning up her body. In still shots, it's often focused on her boobs, legs, or butt. The same is true for Natasha Romanoff, better known as Black Widow in any of the early Avengers movies. There are hundreds of examples of female characters in both of the examples, but we'll discuss this more later. Now that we've discussed the male gaze, it's time for a bit of a controversial one. The white gaze. The white gaze is similar to the male gaze in that it often sacrifices authenticity for the comfort of the group in power. In media, it looks like watering down the truth to make the content accessible and comfortable for a white audience. An example of this is the TV show Blackish. Now, I did sincerely enjoy a few seasons of Blackish. However, as I watched it more, I became very aware of the fact that it was not telling the whole truth. And I feel like that wasn't out of ignorance, it was out of trying to appeal to a wider audience. Blackish attempted to talk about the truth of being black and interacting with white people daily, as most people of color do. However, in the pursuit of not alienating its white audience, it often missed the mark. For example, They try to talk about colorism while simultaneously barely having any dark or brown skin actors on the show. If you watch the show, almost all of the characters are light-skinned. Exception of Diane and possibly Dre's mother, depending on who you ask. Now, Kenya Barris has a lot of problems with colorism in 
any of the shows, but specifically it's prevalent in Blackish for a show that uh, claimed to be talking about Black culture and didn't even include those who are the brunt of most of the racism in the culture, especially in the white world. And I feel like that would have been a very interesting perspective to show a dark-skinned family in a upper middle class situation and seeing them interact with white people. And I feel like it was a missed opportunity. They also tried talking about the never-ending journey of black hair and didn't even scratch the surface of the fact that our hair for so long has been both a defense mechanism and a rebellion. Now, many people might say that making shows accessible for all races is a positive thing and gives white people the chance to learn about others in a comfortable setting. Yeah, (laughs) screw that. Screw that for a multitude of reasons. One being that white people have never felt the need to water down the truth in content that comes from their communities. Friends was not made for us. That 70s show, not made for us. The Brady Bunch, not made for us. Gilligan's Island was not made for us. I Love Lucy was not made for us. Now, of course, people of color has watched these shows. I'll never understand why, but I digress. The point is, people of color are inundated daily with the thoughts, feelings, opinions, and rules of white people. And these are rarely, if ever, watered down to be acceptable for us, even when the rules are about us, and we are rarely asked about our opinions of them. Back to the male case. When you create media for a group in power, you often lose the truth and the story. This is true for both the white and male gays. Something small you can do to see if your shows and movies are playing to the group in power is the Bechdel test. This was a test created to gauge the activity of women in movies. It involves three short questions. One, does it have two or more women in it? These women must have names. Number two, do they talk to each other? And the third is, do they talk to each other about something other than a guy? Now, this seems very simple, very easy, but I'm going to name a few movies for you that don't pass that test. Shrek, The Born Identity, The Dark Knight, Watchmen, Transformers, Gulliver's Travels, Ghostbusters, Bruno, Wally, Pirates of the Caribbean, Austin Powers, Men in Black, The Princess Bride, Lord of the Rings, The Truman Show, Toy Story, Gladiator, X-Men, When Harry Met Sally, Back to the Future, Pulp Fiction, Up, and you get it. I could go on, but what's the point? Now, this does not mean that these movies are horrible and you are inherently evil for watching them. Some of my favorite movies are on this list, and I'm telling you this so you can be aware that this is a systemic problem. We have to be aware of the fact that our society normalizes the silencing of women's voices, using them only in their relation to men. The crazy thing is that if we change the test, make it, are there more than two people of color? Do they speak? And do they speak about something other than a white person? Most of these movies would still fail. Like, all of them. Not counting the animated ones, because technically that's not fair. The erasure of minorities is too normalized as well. 
But the good thing is, the more we're aware of it, the more we can hold people accountable. Now, we could change this test for days and days and see what groups systemically hold power as though we don't already know it's rich white men, but whatever. (laughs) We could do it about class. We could do it about race, sexuality, gender. And the truth is we would end up with the same results, that the same people who hold power are the ones getting their stories told. And now we are getting more of our stories told. For minority groups, we're finding our way to Hollywood. Um, We're finding our way into publishing houses. And the numbers are still... Sorry, that's my uh, notification. The numbers are still astronomically different. Go look up the ratio of black to white people in media that comes from Hollywood. Go look up the ratio of black to white books published. Go look up the ratio of um, popularity on TikTok videos, on Instagram pages, on Twitter accounts, and you'll see the same pattern over and over and over. And I'm sure that if you look hard enough, you could find racism, sexism, classism, homophobia, xenophobia, in anything, in the smallest actions that we do every day, because it's so normalized in our society. Um, I had a friend tell me (laughs) that I could find racism in anything. I don't think that's necessarily true. I think to be a person of color and to be aware is to always be angry on some level, in the words of Malcolm X. I think that if you are a woman, if you are a person of color, if you are gay, if you are trans, if you are non-binary, if you are anything outside of the accepted norms and you're aware, you are always going to be angry on some level. You're always going to find something that makes you angry. And I think we have a right to be angry. Because the same people have held power. And when we feel like we're being treated unfairly, it is human nature to try to fix that. And for those of us who have been fighting for it for so long, it's frustrating to see how little we've traveled, at the same time how far we've traveled, but also the same people who did evil continuing to maintain their power. However, getting back to our point, we have to be aware of the people holding power. We have to be aware of that in every election. And I know I'm always like, vote, vote, vote. But I need you guys to vote for our people who aren't young enough to vote, helping organizing, um, volunteering with political campaigns that you agree with. Um, I helped locally last year, I believe it was, with um, a local, um, what was it? Drive for Qasem Rashid, who was running for Congress. Unfortunately, he did not win. However, we went um, door to door handing out flyers for him. Um, I got to take a picture with him and he was a very nice person. 
but we we have to be active in the changing of our world. That means protesting if you can, when you can. That means researching the elections, making sure you believe in who you're voting for. Obviously, we want to push it left as much as we can because um, we have issues with Republicans, but that is a subject for a different podcast. (laughs) Okay, thank you guys so much. I love you guys. Once again, if you want to follow me on Instagram, you can follow me at Aubrey underscore dot Kennedy. TikTok at Aubrey Kennedy 3. You can cash at me at Aubrey Ken. Thank you guys so much. I love you. Mwah.